0: lock talk Radio. right after it if i to i will go Good evening. You've reached the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I am your host, Motormouth Mosley. You have reached the Man Cave here in Redan, Georgia. I want to thank you for tuning in. Whether you're listening live or listening on an archived episode, I just want to thank you for stopping and listening to me run my mouth. got a lot of sports to cover. It's somewhat of a slow sports day, not a whole lot of news happening, but a lot of things that I want to touch on, a lot of things I want to comment on. Um, If you're interested in talking, you can call us in at 347-945-7975. Of course, you can always join us in on chat. I'm also uh, doing a thing called multitasking. I'm talking and typing at the same time because I got it like that. But just want to thank you for tuning in. Let's get right off into it. Got a Thursday night game between the uh, San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos. A uh, little bit of an upset going on now. San Diego's up 24. 24- 17 with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter i actually kind of thought considering this game was going to be played in denver i kind of thought that denver would take care of business and um it wouldn't even be close by now but um philip rivers and his boys are playing some really good ball tonight and making it tight as you all know i just came from listening watching my show scandal so uh uh you, I, I know all my Scandal holidays. Uh, I'm going to tune in late, but I just want to say thank you for uh, listening. We're um, looking at my picks for this week, and I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to make some changes. Uh, The only game I can't change, of course, is tonight's game because it's too late for that. But as I look at the schedule, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with my picks. I will review them real quick uh, at the beginning of the show. I will review them. I'm sitting right now at 130. And seventy, which is uh, almost two to one, uh, so not so bad, not so bad. I went through about four week stretch where I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pick my nose. It was just bad. It was terrible. I was going five and eight and six and nine and ugly records like that. And that's just not enough to, to to make any type of real statement. But with three weeks to go in the season, I'm sitting pretty well. I've got uh, again this weekend. My picks are Denver. Over San Diego, we'll see if they can come back and make something happen. You got Peyton. Anytime you got Peyton Manning, and you are only down by seven, you got life. Now, some people would even consider that if you got Peyton Manning and you're only down by seven uh, with uh, any time left, you're, you're actually ahead. But uh, let's see. We'll go. I got Washington going to Atlanta, and I got Atlanta winning that game because Washington is just in the most turmoil. I will uh, touch on that a little bit. Uh, in a minute, but the the Redskins are dealing with some issues right now, and uh, I was talking to some friends about how they felt about it, and uh, nobody really knows what's going to happen over there with Daniel Snyder and his boys. But back to the picks, we've got Chicago over Cleveland. uh, Excuse me, Chicago losing to Cleveland. We've got Indy over Houston, New England over Miami, Philly over Minnesota, Seattle over the New York Giants, San Francisco over Tampa Bay, Jacksonville over Buffalo, Kansas City over Oakland, Carolina over the New York Jets. Dallas beating the Green Bay Packers. Arizona over the Titans. New Orleans beating St. Louis. Cincinnati knocking off Pittsburgh at home. And Detroit beating Baltimore. Uh, right now, looking at the standings in the NFL, in the AFC East, you've got the New England Patriots at 10-3, and 3, and their closest competition for that uh, division, Miami Dolphins, at 7-6. and 6 which is probably a better record than anybody expected the Dolphins to have at this time of the season. But uh, New England's definitely got a stronghold in that one. Um, haven't quite clinched, but pretty close to clinching. Uh, CAMC North, you've got Cincinnati over the Ravens. Uh, Cincinnati's sitting at 9-4. and four. Baltimore's at 7-6. and six. You've got in the uh, – You've got Indianapolis Colts at eight and five over Tennessee uh, Titans at five and three, and then in the AFC uh, West, you've got Denver at eleven and two over Kansas City, who's at ten and three. Both of those teams will probably make the playoffs, and that's the big country. That's the big key right there is just getting into the playoffs because that's all you really want to do is get into the playoffs because anything can happen once you get there. Andy Reid is still definitely looking at. Coach of the Year honors, turning around a, a two-win team uh, to already ten victories—a great turnaround. In the NFC East, or in some people would say the NFC East, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles at eight, Eagles at eight and five. Dallas Cowboys are at seven and six. You know, folks, this is going to happen again. It's been like the fourth time in the last probably six years that this has happened. It's going to come down to the last game of the season. Dallas plays Philly for the Divisional Championship. Uh, and, see, and probably the only way that uh, a team from the NFC East makes it into the playoffs will be by winning the division. Probably won't get a, a wild card pick. There are other teams that are looking a lot better. Uh, let's see. In the uh, NFC North, you've got the Detroit Lions at 7-6. and six, You've got the Chicago Bears at 7-6. and six, And you've got the Green Bay Packers at 6-6-1 six, six and one with their one tie. So that one is definitely up for grabs. Three out of the four teams are, uh, possibly can walk away Again. whoever wins that division probably will be the only team from that division to make it into the playoffs. and the only team that's out are the Minnesota Vikings. In the NFC South, you've got the New Orleans Patriots, the New England the New Orleans Saints at 10 and three, and the Carolina Panthers at nine and four. More than likely, both of those teams, uh, if they keep going at this rate, both will probably make the playoffs. Um, if the and then in the NFC West you've got Seattle at 11 and two, San Francisco at nine and four, Arizona at eight and five, and if if the season ended right now you'd have Philly in, Detroit in, New Orleans in, Seattle in, all as divisional uh, winners. And then your wild card would be San Francisco and Carolina. That's if the season ended right now. And in the AFC, if the season ended right now, you'd have New England in, Cincinnati in, Indianapolis in, Denver in. And your wild cards would. It looks like your wild cards would probably be Kansas City for sure, and maybe Miami. It'll be a toss up between Miami and Baltimore. So things, a lot of things to be answered. A lot of ball to be left, a, ball, a lot of ball to be played. Uh, checking on the game right now. It's five oh five left. Uh, San Diego has the ball. They're driving. They're still up by twenty four with just under five minutes left in the game. Uh, I'm sure that they're going to try to grind the clock. A lot of running plays and hopefully just keep getting first downs, and moving the chains, and put this puppy away. Uh, before tonight's game, which looked like it will force me. To shake up my rankings once again, uh, I had New Orleans at number five, Kansas City at number four, New England at number three. All three of those teams are sitting with ten and three records. I've got Seattle at number two at eleven and two, and Denver was my number is was possibly no longer my number one ranked power team in the Motormouth, Mouth Mosley NFL rankings. Uh, to a little college ball. Uh following Russell Wilson's career, while he was at North Carolina and while he was at Wisconsin, he was also a baseball player. Came out, played a little minor league ball, uh, got drafted in the NFL, you know, has started up this great career with Seattle. But uh, just yesterday, the Texas Rangers, in their infinite wisdom, drafted Russell Wilson in a supplemental draft. Uh, Russell Wilson was a 230 hitter in the minors. Uh, I really don't think it's going to matter one way or the other because actually he was a, you know, a barely hitting second baseman. I believe in the Mariners' uh, farm system. Won't uh, be uh, uh, making any moves to baseball anytime soon. I don't see him trying to be a, a Bo Jackson or Dion Sanders or, or Brian Jordan. I don't see him trying to do both at the same time but it was just kind of interesting that Texas did draft him. Speaking of Texas, we're going to switch that over to college football. As of right now, as of when I were on the air, there have been no announcements made, no changes made. Mike Brown, still the head coach at the University of Texas. Nick Fabian, still the head coach at Alabama. No contracts have been signed. I believe A.J. McCarron came out, and uh, there was reports that he said that uh, Saban had told him that he wasn't going anywhere. You never know. Saban told uh, <laughs> the Dolphins he wasn't going anywhere or whoever it was, but he t- turned around and left the next day. So you never know what's going to happen with old Nick. But A.J. McCarron has more pressing issues on his mind right now. He's got to catch a flight uh, and be in New York for the Heisman ceremony on Sunday, on Saturday. And I'll review all the invitees to the Heisman Awards again. Uh, you've got Jordan Lynch, who's a quarterback out of uh, Northern Illinois. You've got Johnny Manziel, the returning, the reigning Heisman Award winner. You've got A.J. McCarron, Jameis Winston, the frontrunner, supposedly, for the Heisman Award. Trey Mason, who came on late with a great rush uh, down the last few games of the season to carry Auburn into the national championship game against Florida State. And you've got Andre Wilson, who's already rushed for over 2,100 yards. So you've got four quarterbacks, two running backs, a couple of guys that were in the running earlier that are no longer in the running, a Marcus Mariota out of Oregon, and Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he's probably got better things on his mind anyway right now. His job is to get in shape. He more than likely will be – the first quarterback taken in the next uh, next year's NFL draft. And uh, so the Heisman uh, award is nice to have, but it probably won't go along with being the number one draft pick in the uh, NFL draft next year. Again, I said my pick early was that A.J. McCarron would win. I had no idea that Auburn would knock off Alabama. So that knocked A.J. McCarron probably – out of it, and more than likely, uh, Jameis Winston will walk away with the award long as uh, voters don't take it upon their own to uh, vote against him or not vote for him because of uh, the incident that he's already been freed of. I want to give a quick shout-out one more time to uh, uh, a situation that happened in Hawaii, a longtime Rainbow Warrior, He wasn't a part of the staff, but he was a part of the family of Rainbow Warrior, the football team. Uh, John Wilbur, a longtime NFL player, played with Dallas, the Rams, and the Redskins throughout his career, Uh, then finished up in the WFL playing for the Hawaiians. Um, Used to help us out a lot with special teams. Had a bunch of guys discussing uh, some of their stories about how he helped and some of his philosophies on special teams and how hard-nosed he was. Uh, also, uh, he was a, a big-time uh, proponent of rugby uh, in Hawaii, he was a, part, a big member of the Hawaii Harlequins rugby team. Uh, coach John Wilber, uh, although he was only coached by a uh, nickname, he wasn't a, a paid coach, but Coach John Wilber uh, died the other night and uh, sent out his condolences to his uh, his, his surviving kids, Nathan, Dion, and Lindsay and his wife, Christine Pagano. Uh, uh, the rainbow family sends their best. God rest you, darling. You're a good man. Switching over a little bit, going to talk a little NBA basketball. Again, you listen to the Mouth Moses radio show. Uh, to give a quick check, real quick, back to the game, San Diego still has the ball. They're in the red zone. Uh, they're in Denver's red zone. They're up by seven with 320 left in the game. It uh, looks like they're trying to put it away. Uh, and I guess this would be kind of considered an upset. It would be considered an upset. Uh, back to basketball. Uh, the big news of the week has been that Kobe Bryant made it back uh, to the Lakers. Didn't have a stellar performance. Actually, in all that's right, they actually lost the first game that he was back. But uh, you know, there's a lot of rust that he's got to knock off, and um, uh, even at 35, Kobe will still be a factor. Uh, He's smart enough to adjust his game and know that he doesn't have the athleticism that he once had, and uh, I'm sure he'll bring himself along gradually, so as not to hurt himself any further or again, uh, because Achilles is something that's that's somewhat fragile, and uh, at the age of 35 being explosive as he was, that you know, that could go out again or he could blow up the other one. So I'm sure he's uh, taking it very slowly on his comeback. But Kobe Bryant is back in the NBA. And trust me, the Lakers actually need him. They're sitting at 10 and 11, which is really not a Laker-type record, but that's where they're sitting right now. They're struggling. They've got a bunch of guys I've never heard of. The guys I've heard of are either gone or hurt. Uh, so it's it, it, in Tinseltown. The big dog is now the Clippers. In fact, the Clippers are in first place. They're at 15 and 8 in the Pacific. Uh, in the Southwest, uh, you got the San Antonio Spurs at 17 and 4. Uh, in the Northwest, you've got yes, listen closely. In the Northwest, you've got the Portland Trailblazers at 18 and 4, and the Kansas City Thunder at 17 and 4. Yeah, three best records. San Antonio, you know, they're going to do what they do year in, year out. Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, you know, whoever else they bring in. They've always, you know, with Greg Popovich, he's always going to be competitive. They're always going to be at the top of the league. No one's going to talk about them all year long. They're about as as chemo as any team could possibly be because they just fit in. Nobody ever talks about them but they're always there at the finish line. They're always there playing for the West or playing for the finals. So never sleep on the San Antonio Spurs. I've got a lot of family and friends back in Texas who are big San Antonio fans, uh, but nationally they really don't get a whole lot of love. You'll see Miami on TV. You'll see the Lakers on TV. You'll see even the Knicks on TV, but you won't see the Spurs on much. But they're still in power. So we'll, uh, it's very, very early in the season, only third, Only 20, 21 games left, and 200 games into the season, 82-game season. So you're looking at, you know, we're not even a quarter of the way, you're a little bit over a quarter of the way. So a lot of basketball that he played in the West. In the East, you've got a little bit different of a situation. You've got Miami returning you know, two-time champs, going for a three-peat uh, at 16-6. and six. You know, LeBron. Dwayne, Jesus Shuttleworth, they got the whole crew still back, still doing their thing. But uh, there's been some issues with Miami, no doubt. Uh, Dwayne Wade's having some health issues. Uh, His body seems to be breaking down, seems like every season. He's missing a bunch of games uh, due to some type of injury. So I'm sure that uh, the coach will bring him along slowly also Especially on games when they have back-to-back, you know, uh, games, they'll probably get more rest. But uh, uh, he'll be ready for the playoffs. Trust he'll be ready. Uh, the big dog in the NBA, uh, much to the surprise of some people, are the Indianapolis, the Indiana Pacers. And those guys—they—they not, they not only gave Miami uh, a, a tough one last season in the uh, East in the playoffs, but they're uh, sitting at nineteen and three smacking people around left and right. They just beat Miami the other night. Uh, So, uh, wow. And, of course, (laughs) as I look at the records, in the Atlantic Division of the NBA East, (laughs) you've got the Boston Celtics in first place with a dominating record of 10 and 14. 10 and 14 is first place. Yes, a losing record is first place in the NBA. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, and not only in this first place, they're up by a good game over the Nets. Nets are at 8 and 14. So, you know, a lot of basketball to be played. Some teams will get better. Some teams will get worse. You never know what's going to happen with – Uh, You know, some of the teams, because all it takes is one injury to knock them completely for a loop. The Lakers could possibly get real hot and go for a run, but you just don't know um, what's going to happen. Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. I am the host, Motormouth Mosley. If you're interested in calling or talking, uh, hit us up. I see a couple of folks in chat. Uh, thank you for listening in. If you want to holler at me, type in something. I can always respond via chat. Thank you for uh, spending the time, uh, guest number one nine. Uh, excuse me, nine nine seven three. Thank you for uh, listening in. Much appreciated. Or as they say out here in Georgia, appreciate you. Uh, but um, as I said, it's somewhat of a slow night sports wise. Not a whole lot going on. A lot of speculation on a bunch of things going on that you know. One way or the other, you really can't do much about it. Um, there's still some turmoil on a couple of NFL teams about you know, quarterback play and whether or not you need to just kind of play some young guys and let them guys just start their offseason. You know, there's been a, a whole lot of talk about this whole RG3, Robert Griffin III situation over at the Redskins. You know, the guy blew out his ACL, MCL, all of it last year, uh, was playing on it on a very ugly, nasty field and probably did more damage than was necessary. Uh, it was probably a situation where the coach should have stepped in and made an executive decision to sit his butt, or the owner should have made that decision and let him start his offseason, let him get his surgery, have more time to heal, but no, they waited until they were uh, completely eliminated and he had pretty much shattered his knee had surgery in the off offseason, uh, came back, missed all of training camp, well, didn't play any games in training camp, um, opened the season, and just has not been the same quarterback that he was last year. You can call it a sophomore jinx. You can say that teams adjusted, but just watching him play, Robert Griffin III just hasn't been the quarterback nor the athlete that he was last season. And – Coach Mike Shanahan, who is having some major issues with the ownership and more than likely won't last until the end of the season, probably will be canned, especially after this move. Coach Shanahan made the decision this week that he will deactivate Robert Griffin III and go, they were going to be going at quarterback with Kirk Cousins, who was also a quarterback out of Michigan State, who they drafted the same time in the same draft that they drafted. Robert Griffin. They picked up Kirk Cousins, so they got two high draft pick quarterbacks that can play. Kirk came in and played a few games when Robert was out, and you know, they definitely fared well. Uh, looked very good against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen again this week against the Atlanta Falcons, who you know definitely aren't a uh, a big pass rush team, and that's been one of Washington's big problems was that they couldn't keep anybody off the quarterback. So instead of saying that there's a line problem, you know, everything gets pointed uh, at Robert Griffin III, you know, kind of the Michael Vick situation where uh, it's his play that comes in question, not the lines. So you've got Kirk uh, Cousins playing this weekend, probably going to finish out the season. Not a situation that sat well with the Washington Redskins owner, um, Daniel Snyder. Didn't sit well with longtime NFL coach uh, John Madden. But, you know, in all honesty, I think Shanahan probably should have made this move. Like I said last year, it's a good move to make now because Washington has been eliminated from the playoffs. There's really nothing to gain by putting Robert Griffin III back out there again. Better let him get that knee back right for next year and compete again during training camp for the starting position. If Kirk Cousins looks good, at least you know what you have going into next season. If he doesn't look good, then you know that you need to get another quarterback. But in either case, I think this is actually a good move um, for Robert Griffin III. And some people say basically what Shanahan is trying to do is sabotage the team just so he can get fired and uh, still get paid the rest of his contract. I don't believe that that's necessarily his motivation. I think that it's actually, maybe I'm being naive, but I'm thinking he was, he's actually doing the right thing. So we'll see what's going to happen with that whole scenario. I don't know if a conversation was held between Shanahan and Robert Griffin III to talk this out and say, hey, Robert, you know, I know you're not 100%. Uh, we've been eliminated. I'm going to give this other kid a shot. I'd rather see you. Get yourself right, and the more time that we take getting you right, the better you're going to be next year for us. And we don't want to jeopardize your future uh, by putting you back out here with this uh, less-than-suspect offensive line. Let us fix some things before we put you back into the fire. Now, doing this, you're also putting Kirk Cousins, your high-drafted backup, in harm's way with this line. But against the Falcons, you're probably going to be safe. Um, and maybe they'll play better because they are different types of quarterbacks. You know, Kirk Cousins is more of your drop-back passer, your pocket quarterback, or Griffin is more. He's going to be rolling out. He's going to be running. So he's putting himself more in harm's way. So maybe this line, knowing that they're just going to have a pass guy back there, a drop-back pass guy, but they'll be better. But uh, I just don't want to believe It's a situation where Shanahan is just uh, doing something out of spite uh, to piss the owner off. But you never know. Again, folks, you listen to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I'm running my mouth about some football. We're going to actually get ready to sign off. Uh, We've only got about a couple of minutes left in the show. Do want to check back in on the game. Uh, Looks like Denver just got a field goal, and they're getting ready to do an onside kick. Oh my goodness, we may actually have some more of that Peyton Manning magic. Uh, they're down by seven. You've got 29 seconds left. Uh, the rules for the onside kick have changed drastically, so it's not as likely for the kicking team to recover it, but uh, here goes uh, the record holder, Prayther, getting ready to kick off. Um, and there it, is, there it goes. Oh, they had a shot. uh, ah, Number 97 of the Chargers was very wise, just slapped the ball out of bounds. Now all they have to do is take a knee and this ball game's over. Um, The kicker, the kicker for uh, the Broncos in pregame was, I mean, last week he set the record with a 64-yard field goal, which surpassed Tom Dempsey, Jason Elam, and I think there was another kicker who, was, who also had tied the record. Uh, but he did it from 64 last week to set a new NFL record. In pregame, he hit one from 73 yards out. So uh, basically, once you get a, uh, the ball of the 20, you make a first down and a, and a decent run, you're in field goal range. That's pretty scary. But uh, it looks like I'm starting off the week the wrong way. With the loss, um, yep, yeah, San Diego's going to win this one. I know a bunch of people, oh Kathy, uh, get, uh, Coleman out in San Diego area. Congratulations on the win. I know you're happy. I uh, don't know too many San Diego charger fans. I know uh, our sometime called in guy, coach Howard, uh, Howie from Maui. He's a part-time San Diego fan. So congratulations to all you San Diego charger fans. Again. Going to have some great football this weekend. Don't have any college, well, don't have a lot of college football to be played. Do have that historic Army-Navy game that will be played this weekend. Got some great Division II or SES football games. Friday night on ESPN2, Thousand Thousand State plays against Eastern Illinois, coached by Coach Dino Babers, former University of Hawaii Rainbow. Um, so all you people. Check him out because he probably won't be at Eastern Illinois much longer. Hopefully they can get Vitalism. Hopefully they can make a run and win this thing. Um, Take a little personal pride just because he was an old teammate, but uh, best of luck to Coach Dino Babers with the Eastern uh, Illinois Panthers. And, of course, best of luck to Coach Kenny Neumatololo at the the Naval Academy. Wish you both the best of luck. Um, Starting in about a week or so, you're going to be having, you know, almost every night there's going to be a, a college bowl game. Some of them are better than others. Some of them are worse than others. But, uh, you know, ESPN has kind of finagled it now where almost every night there's a game on for somebody to watch. So, folks, enjoy your holiday season. Enjoy a lot of football. Uh, and I'll be on the air talking as much smack as I always do. I want to thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley radio show. Have a great evening, and I'll talk to you again on Sunday.